Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Parents will do anything for their children, especially if they're sick or in danger. A child in need triggers a fight response in mothers and fathers that is not to be trifled with. We see it all the time in nature. When an animal feels its offspring are threatened, it will attack, whether it's an alligator or an angry goose. And human parents are no different. Just ask Liam Neeson. But what happens when a parent can't fight the enemy hurting their child? Where do they turn? Over 15,000 children each year are diagnosed with cancer in the United States. Another 1,800 die from unknown causes. It's up to doctors and specialists to help them fight what's killing them. But sometimes even doctors need a little help. And in 1977, one little girl got the treatment she needed from a very unexpected place. Someone's attempted murder. The girl was from Qatar, only 19 months old. Her parents had taken her to London. They were desperate for answers. Their daughter was barely conscious and suffering from a number of symptoms, including numbness, lethargy, random blackouts, and loss of hair. In other words, she seemed like she was dying. And yet her mother and father were at a loss for a reason why, as were her doctors back home. Her symptoms were indicative of a number of other ailments, including epilepsy and encephalitis, but tests revealed none of those to be the culprit. They had to act fast, or else this poor girl would perish before their very eyes. The London doctors eventually ran out of options. And then, almost miraculously, a nurse stepped forward with a suggestion. Perhaps the young patient was suffering from thallium poisoning. Thallium is a metal that is naturally a blue-white hue until it's exposed to air, at which point it turns gray. It was first discovered in 1861 by British chemist Sir William Crookes and was once used as a household pest killer until its ban in 1972. Thallium also occurs naturally in the Earth's crust, but when ingested via the stomach or the lungs, it can cause all kinds of symptoms, including numbness and hair loss. And as it turns out, the nurse was right. The little girl had been suffering from thallium poisoning. The nurse had remembered a case where an English woman named Ginger Corrigan had exhibited many of the same symptoms. She'd lost much of her hair and had been hospitalized with flu-like symptoms. Her doctor had diagnosed her with bronchopneumonia, despite the unusual symptoms she presented that didn't quite correspond with his assessment. She wasn't responding to antibiotics, either. It wasn't until one of her acquaintances, a historian named Mark Easterbrook, connected the dots that she received the care that she needed. Ginger had been poisoned with thallium. Mark realized it after remembering an article on thallium poisoning that he had read while traveling abroad in America. 
It had been a story about a factory where the workers started dying of mysterious causes, such as paratyphoid, bulbar paralysis, and epilepsy. There was also the presence of numbness in the limbs, as well as hair loss. Eventually, it was discovered that the factory workers had been subjected to high levels of the metallic substance, eventually succumbing to its effects. And Ginger would have met a similar fate, had it not been for Mark's quick thinking. The nurse in London had a similar eureka moment as well. She'd read all about Mark and Ginger, but not in a police file or in the news. Mark and Ginger weren't real people. They were characters in the detective novel The Pale Horse by Agatha Christie. First published in 1961, Christie went into specific detail on the symptoms of thallium poisoning in her novel, as well as the other diseases it can appear to be. The nurse had been reading The Pale Horse at the time the young Qatari girl came into the emergency room, and she recognized the same symptoms as in the book. Dr. Victor Dubowitz, the physician assigned to the girl's case, consulted Scotland Yard, who put him in touch with a particular thallium expert, a convicted criminal who had used it to poison his pets, co-workers, and family. He confirmed their suspicions, and after a few more tests, the results were clear. The little girl had been poisoned. But not on purpose. She'd gotten into a stash of rat poison in the family's home. Although thallium had been banned for use as a pesticide in several Western countries, there were other places around the world where it was still in use, including Qatar. The girl was quickly treated and released without further incident. As for the nurse, they should have added the letters MD to her name, not because she was a doctor of medicine, but because of her impromptu role as a medical detective. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world 
to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Firefighters around the world rely on fire hydrants to provide a source of water to extinguish fires. It's hard to imagine a world without them. But did you know that the patent for the fire hydrants was actually lost? Our story begins in the 1800s in the United States, where there was a growing need for an efficient way to supply water to firefighting crews. At the time, water mains were being installed beneath the streets of major cities, but there was no easy way for firefighters to tap into them. Firefighters had to rely on water pumped from wells or cisterns, and as you might imagine, the process was a slow and inefficient one, which was bad news for the owners of the burning buildings. Then came the invention of the fire hydrant. But here's where it gets complicated. We're not sure who invented it. It could be Birdsill Holly Jr., an inventor and engineer, or it could be Frederick Graft Sr., the chief engineer of the Philadelphia Waterworks, who created the first pillar-style fire hydrant in 1801. Experts say Graft is the original inventor, but that Holly made improvements. Both men filed patents decades apart. Graft created a type of pillar fire hydrant that is referred to as a wet barrel. It resembles a barrel with a faucet and a valve on top. Holly was an inventor and engineer who had already made a name for himself by developing a revolutionary steam engine. In 1869, he turned his attention to the problem of supplying water to firefighters, and he came up with a design for a new type of fire hydrant. Holly's version of the hydrant was unlike anything that had ever been seen before. It featured a top-mounted valve that could be turned on and off with a simple wrench, and it had a system of underground pipes that allowed water to flow directly to the fire hydrant from the water main. Holly knew that his invention was going to be in high demand. He immediately set up a company to produce the hydrants, and within a few years, his invention had become the industry standard. Over time, Holly's hydrants were installed in cities and towns across the United States, and they saved countless lives and millions of dollars in property damage by providing firefighters with a reliable source of water. So why is it that we don't know who to credit? Because decades before Holly filed for his patent, something odd happened with Graf's patent. He lost it. If an inventor couldn't prove that they were the inventor, it left them vulnerable to competitors who might take the idea as their own. Without a patent, Graft couldn't prove the fire hydrant was his idea and had no legal protection. Not that he would have taken Holly to court. Graft had died in 1847. Holly went on to manufacture his hydrants and sell them throughout the country. But how did Graft lose his patent? Oddly enough, by fire. The blaze broke out in the early morning hours of December 15th of 1836 in the old Blodgett's Hotel building in Washington, D.C., the fire raged for hours, and when the smoke cleared, all of the 9,957 documents and 7,000 other items relating to those documents were destroyed by the fire. Graf's patent for the fire hydrant was among those documents. You see, the building was the U.S. Patent Office. Ever since, there have been many articles written on the invention of the fire hydrant, causing some to say that the question of which inventor to give credit to just might be a hot topic. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. 
Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious.